0: Transmission. Radio Hello there, and welcome to another episode of Radio Rebellion, a Star Wars podcast. I am, of course, your host Alberto Calderon, and I want to thank everyone that is tuning in right now and all those that took the time last week to listen to our debut episode. I was able to find a spot in one corner of the bedroom and get my podcast set up out of the closet this time. Now I have a window. A nice view of our backyard so I can keep an eye on our dogs, Kyber and Enfys running around, so excuse any barking. Last week was a learning experience for me, just figuring out how Anchor worked, how of set up the podcast and all that. And If you go over one hour in one recording session, it stops recording, which I didn't know. I kept talking for probably about, I don't know, 10 extra minutes finished the episode and when I went to hit stop I realized it had stopped by itself and I didn't know where so I had to go back trying to find out where it stopped and re-record the final five to ten minutes I think and you can tell by that time I was tired tired I just wanted to kind of get through it by the end so also it's a lot of information last week a lot of information dump and not a lot of analyzing and I want to get a little better at that and and kind of now that I know that after 60 minutes it kind of stops, probably going to be taking a break probably halfway through just to make sure it doesn't cut off at any point. So I'll let you know if we're going to take a break at any moment between in this episode. I hope everyone had a great week. Mine was interesting to say the least as I had a root canal on Wednesday, I had to take some antibiotics for about a week. I just finished them on Saturday. So yeah, I'm ready to talk some Star Wars with you guys today. Before we get started, if you're listening through Anchor, you might have noticed a little intro song at the beginning that due to copyright issues does not play on other formats. So if you're listening through Spotify or if this episode at some point goes on Apple Podcasts, you might not be able to hear that intro song just through Anchor. I'm not so sure if that's going to be kind of our theme going forward, our little score. But for right now, that's the one I'm trying out. Which reminds me, go ahead and follow us on Twitter at Radio Rebel Pod, and send any questions or topics you want me to cover or discuss using the hashtag AskTheRebellion. So I have a cool show for you guys today, we're going to be covering all the recent development in everything animated, the finale of Star Wars Resistance which just came out on Sunday, the trailer for Clone Wars Season 7, and we'll speculate on what the next Star Wars animated show might be. But first, is that segment we like to call The Mid-Rim Report, also known as The News. First up is leak concept, concept art for Colin Trevorrow's Duel of the Fate script. As you remember, since we spent about 45 minutes talking about it last week, I'm sure you remember, the first and I believe the last of Colin's episode nine script showed up online and people had a fist going through them, speculating, saying why it was better, or not as good as what we got with Rise of Skywalker, but now we have, and this was confirmed by Colin T himself. Yeah, that's what I call him. Call, call him Colin T on his Twitter feed that these concept concept art are from his time on the Star Wars project. Uh, Star Wars concept art is always amazing and these are the same, they don't disappoint, I kind of covered it a little bit last week, talking about the art of Rise of Skywalker coming out later in March, I believe, so they always do great work, Doc Chang and his team over at Lucas Lucasfilm always kind of I, outdo themselves with every art of, art of book that they release, so this, I, again, it's great concept art, if you want to go check it out, it's guess you think about what the movie might have looked like. Here we we have some art of Rey with her double-bladed lightsaber, probably after rescuing Finn, uh, Poe, and, and the gang over Rose and BB-8 on that Star Destroyer they were going to steal. She's done in an outfit very re- reminiscent of Blue Skywalker in Return of the Jedi, that black-on-black outfit with that grayish fold of the shirt around the neck. Uh, we also have one of Rey and Kylo having a lightsaber ba- lightsaber battle. Rey also facing off against a giant creature on Mortis. We have Force Ghost Luke training Rey, also Force Ghost Luke stopping and grabbing Kylo's lightsaber with his hand. Finn leading the Trooper Uprising, also we get our first look at what Torvalum, who was supposed to be Kylo's new Sith teacher, what he or it might have looked like, it's a weird creature. Two shots of Coruscant, one of the cityscape with a First Order capital ship kind of tethered to the ground, and another of R2 and 3PO walking the rundown streets of the planet. There are a few more that you can find online if you search, probably Colin Travaro's Star Wars concept art, there's probably, probably about five or six more, one, one for Hux kind of committing suicide which I don't think we we'll, would we'll ever see that on a Star Wars movie, um, a Resistance spy that they capture have kind of with a laser guillotine, so a bunch of cool stuff just to go and check out. Our second and main news story that we're gonna go over as what can only be described with a classic Star Wars quote of I have a bad feeling about this, at least the first half of this story. Uh, We didn't report on this last week, but a few weeks ago there were some rumors circulating online that until... that the untitled, sorry, Obi-Wan Disney Plus series had been cancelled this proof falls pretty quickly, as it was discovered that it came from a fake site, so we decided not to cover it on our debut episode last week. But now we have some more information, kind of going over what's going on with the Obi-Wan series. So, if you remember back in last year on Sour Celebration, Kathleen Kennedy brought Owen McGregor out. They officially confirmed that the series was going to be coming out on Disney Plus at some point. Um, I believe they say it was going to be set eight years after Revenge of the Sith, so basically midway between Sith and A New Hope. But Collider's Adam Chitwood reported, and I believe this was early Thursday that the crew had been sent home, home with no timetable to return. Supposedly, Kathleen Kennedy was not happy with the scripts and wanted to rework them. Uh, this is followed with, by Boris Kitt at The Hollywood, Hollywood Reporter that says that only two scripts have been written for the six-episode show and that the story became an issue. Uh, that Lucasfilm is looking for a new writer to pen the series and that the series episode count had been brought down from 6 episodes to 4. Uh, one of the sources said that the problem stemmed from the story being too similar to The Mandalorian as it had Obi-Wan looking after a young Luke Skywalker and perhaps even Leia a la Mandalorian taking care of Baby Yoda. Well, Ewan McGregor is still set to start with Deborah Shaw set to direct and the series' original writer Hossein Amini, who I believe wrote the movie Drive, were not sure of his involvement moving forward. Um, again, when the series was announced on Star Wars Celebration, I'm pretty, pretty sure that they had said that they had seven episodes already written. And this is basically, this was going to be a movie right after Solo came out. We know, or we kind of thought that the next. Solo, solo. <laughs> the next standalone Star Wars movie was going to be the Obi-Wan, but due to Solo not making a, too much of an impact on the box office, they kind of put a hush on it. But they had a writer, they had a script written, and I believe they grabbed that movie script and started breaking it down into episodes. So it's kind of weird that supposedly six months ago they had seven episodes already written to now go back to hear that they only had two. So I don't know how to read that. I'm okay if they decide to bring down the episode counts from six to four, as long as they're quality episodes, quality over quantity. Uh, It also depends on the length of the episodes. If they're gonna be an hour and you get four one hour episodes, that's fine. Totally fine with me. That's basically two two movies of Obi-Wan and all that thing that he's gonna be going through, we'll be discussing in a few minutes. And I prefer that if it was going to be six, 30 minutes episode, then maybe not. I prefer one hour. And I know Mandalorian was kind of an issue at the beginning. We all expected it to be one hour. That's what we're used to with Game of, Game of Thrones, all the series on, <clears throat> sorry, on Netflix. We're kind of used to one hour. So even though Lucasfilm, Disney or anyone kind of came out and said what the episode length was going to be, we all assumed it was one hour, so it was kind of a shock when there were 30 minutes, 35. I think the longest one was about 54, 55 minutes with the season finale. So if we go Obi-Wan, it's a limited series, four episodes, four one-hour episodes, I'm totally fine with it. Again, there's no report on episode length at this, this moment, we're just speculating, hopefully... Is what we get. Also, I agree with changes if the series was too similar to The Mandalorian. I would prefer, I'm not gonna say I want, because we fall into not getting what we want and then feeling disappointed and saying that something didn't meet our expectations just because we put those too high. So I would prefer if Obi Wan doesn't spend the whole series on Tatooine looking after a young Luke Skywalker. With Mandalorian, we already had a full episode on Tatooine, so we got to see all those cool landmarks that we're used to, kind of the greatest hits, so seeing them again in an Obi-Wan series won't have the same impact. It's a different time, so this is, what, eight years before, or ten years before A New Hope. Mandalorian is about five after uh, Jedi, so you can at least... I don't know, can't do math right now, 15, 17 years in between, so maybe there's enough of a break. But still, I prefer something new. Uh, there's still a lot of things that you can do on Tatooine. You can go to Mos Espa, see the pot race course with the hot gun, maybe a new crime syndicate came over, set up shop in the race course and kind of are running it with something different. You can have run-ins with Tusken Raiders. Although we already saw them in Mandalorian and they explore their culture a little bit, it was great to see how they communicate. So if they can focus on that a little bit, that can also be interesting. Um dealing with Uncle Owens, I think it's something that we're going to see we know and a new hope that Owen doesn't want to look to do anything, get close to what we want to that old hermit that as he calls him. Because I'm sure they're gonna have run-ins and Owen's going to be, no, I already so what happened with Anakin. I don't want that for Luke. You brought him here, kind of gave him to, to us as a babies for us to keep him safe. And now you're coming here trying to, I don't know if he's trying to tell anything about his father or kind of the Jedi and all that stuff. So that interaction between Obi-Wan and Uncle Owen would be pretty good to see. Um, but in my case, it would be more interesting if we had to deal with, Obi-Wan's actions after the end of Revenge of the Sith. Um having to fight and basically kill and live for dead, his father one, his best friend, his brother, as Obi-Wan causing that heartbreaking scene. And then not only realizing that he didn't kill, didn't kill him, because Obi-Wan probably wouldn't have killed him anyway, but knowing that he survived and then grew up to become the most hated person in the galaxy in Darth Vader, what does that do to Obi-Wan knowing that the Sith Lord running around is this old Padawan that he can probably still feel there's some good in him and trying to bring him back to the light. Having them have that conversation, we know in, I believe it's Return of the Jedi when Luke and Vader are talking and Vader says to Luke, Obi-Wan once thought, like you did, And I don't think we've seen that, that conversation between them and Revenge of the Sith doesn't show that. Once Obi-Wan gets to Mustafar, he knows that Anakin's gone, he's dealing with Vader, there's no bringing bringing him back. So I don't think that's the conversation that Darth Vader is talking about when he's talking to Luke about this. So seeing that conversation again, Obi-Wan trying one last time to pull him to the light and maybe there's a brief glimpse of Anakin again and then going back to Vader... That's going to be heartbreaking, pulling at those heart strings. And I think it's something we want to see. It will be awesome. Um, so that all this broke around noon on Thursday. And then a couple of hours later, there was a big update coming. Before we jump to that, I want to say when I read this report, there's no way that this series is going to get canceled. There's no way it doesn't get made. This is the one series or movie that, Probably every Star Wars fan agrees needs to be made and wants to see. So I don't see Lucasfilm cancelling this in any way. They can push it back, which is totally fine. But there's no way they're cancelling this. I've always been on the Lucasfilm, Disney, Kathleen Kennedy bandwagon. I think they've done a great job. I love everything that they put out so far. So I don't understand all the complaints that they keep getting. But if for some reason this Obi-Wan series gets cancelled after... What did Ewan say? He knew about this for four years. He's been keeping this secret. It finally is officially announced to then get canceled not even a year into development. That would really put a negative light on all of them. And I don't think they, they want that right now. So after this came out, like I mentioned, early on Thursday, then Thursday night, there was a... Mid event for Birds of Prey and Nerdist reporter Rosie Knight was at that event on Thursday night where Ewan McGregor was there promoting Birds of Prey and during a group interview he was asked about the Star Wars series. McGregor went to say yeah we just pushed push the shoot to the beginning of next year. The scripts are really good. I saw 90% of the writing. There was all this BS about there being creative differences and all that stuff. None of it It's true, they just pushed the dates, and he's talking about production start date, because the release date, like I mentioned, was never officially announced by Lucasfilm, Disney, anyone at Star Wars that hasn't been announced, so the production, which I believe was scheduled to start shooting this summer, now gets pushed, I believe, to early next year. Ewan McGregor went on to say that episode nine came out, everyone had more time to read the stuff that had been written, and they felt like they wanted to do more work on it, so they slid the shoot, not nearly as dramatic as it sounds online. He went on to add that they start shooting next January, instead of this summer. It gives them more time to write and make the scripts even better, so that's good. Touching up on this report from Nerdist Meredith Kyle with Entertainment Tonight adds that they spoke directly with Ewan McGregor and at that same event, and he said basically the same thing that the scripts are really, really good. They want to make them better. And they just lead the production to shooting next year. He went on to add, I just got here tonight and it's like, oh my God, look at all this stuff. It's not that dramatic. I think we have the same. We're Orion airing on the same day and all that stuff. Ooh, excuse me. We're airing on the same day and all that stuff. Woo! So, yeah, that's a big update from the actor himself. Uh, it's funny, he says that they're every on the same date, so maybe he knows when the air date is going to be at least year-wise or month-wise. That hasn't been released to the public yet, we only know the production date, but it's great if they need to polish those scripts. So instead of putting out a mediocre series that we're just going to be complaining about every week, take that time, make sure it's what we want to see, what the public and the fans want to see, and then put it out. Again, with no actual date released, it really doesn't matter if this comes out later this year, middle of next year, 2022. As long as we get the best Obi-Wan series that we can get, I don't mind if it gets pushed three, four, five, even 6 months. As long as we get it in the near future, a couple of years, then I'm good with it. And I will trust that Jedi Master Obi-Wan Kenobi will go with his update. He's always been calm, collected, and mindful like the Jedi Master. And like Qui-Gon Jinn told him, to be mindful of the future but not at the expense of the moment. Be mindful mindful of the living force. And I think that's what we all need to keep in mind when we're reading all these type of reports in the future. Check the sources. Make sure they're credible. Then make your own decision on how to take those comments. Don't just read something and go off... Twitter, Facebook, anyone just write, ah, Lucasfilm doesn't know what they're doing, they're canceling Obi-Wan, fire everyone, just kind of wait, take your time, check those sources before you go all crazy about them. Alright, so that's basically the news, there wasn't a lot of news reports this week, apart from the Obi-Wan kind of update, no update, and then all, all of Ewan's quotes. So yeah, that kind of settles the news reports. And before we start with our main topic, which is talking about all the animated series, episodes, trailers, what's next, let's go ahead and take a quick break. I know we're not even close to an hour. We're around 20 minutes. Next segment might take us a little bit and I don't want to stop at the last five. So let's go ahead and take a quick break and we'll be right back. Welcome back to the second episode of Radio Rebellion. Thanks for taking this short break. And now, like I mentioned, we're going to head over and do a review of of Star Wars Resistance. The final three episodes, the one from last week that came out just as the first debut episode of the podcast came out, so I couldn't review it. And then the finale, which was uh, basically a two-parter, it's a 45-minute episode that just came out this Sunday. So last week we saw the penultimate episode titled Rebuilding the Resistance. Resistance commander Venisa Doza returns to the Colossus. We know she's uh, Captain Doza's wife. Uh, she returns to the Colossus with Jade Squad, Jade Squadron, which is Norath, the Resistance spy. We saw a few episodes prior and with, let me see how I can pronounce this, Hugh Sion or Sion. He's an X-Wing pilot that flew with, with Cass in the New Republic Navy. It's always great to see X-Wings on the screen being on Resistance, or even the Mandalorian when they show up. It kind of brings you to, yeah, this is Star Wars. It doesn't matter if it's a kids' show, adults. You see that X-Wings, same as TIE Fighters, you know, you're in the Star Wars world. So it's always great to see X-Wings. Uh, so Jade Squad needs to escort some new recruits out of Twin and keep them safe in the Colossus for a little bit but of course the First Order has set up a blockade over the planet. I believe this is the first time that we see Twin on the screen. Uh, we know Twin, the planet that Leia mentioned um, during A New Hope when she's getting interrogated by Tolkien and saying that they're going to the Death Star on Alderaan and she said that the rebels are on Dantooine. That's the first time we heard about that planet and I believe we haven't seen it on screen prior to this. Um, And it shows you that people are willing to fight the First Order, that's why they're getting recruits, but they're afraid to rise up. So even if they receive Leia's message at the end of The Last Jedi or heard about that legend of Luke Skywalker taking on the First Order with his laser sword that he says to Rey, Oppression is a difficult thing to overcome and rise up from, so it's hard for the resistance to get new allies, and even getting these few recruits out of Dantooin seem like a big deal. Uh, so, Cass, Tora, who is Vanessa Dosa's daughter, and Hype Faison volunteered to help Jade Squadron. There's a quick mention of Cass almost being kicked out of the New Republic's Navy which is reminiscent of Han Solo getting kicked out of the Empire Navy. Uh, They made quick work of some TIE fighters that were around Twin. but Commander Pyre sent some reinforcements that include Tam and Rocklin. Tam, as we know, she started over at the Colossus on Season 1, wanting to be a racer. She always wanted to be a racer, but she was a mechanic working with Yeager and with Niku but always dreaming of being an ace pilot she was trying to fix one of the ships. But at the end of season one, she joined the First Order after she found out that Cass was a resistance spy and that Yeager was with the resistance. And just being lied to was too much for her and she went to the First Order. This is before everyone knew what the First Order was doing. So she kind of went to that side at the end of season one. Uh, there's a great visual of, of uh, Star Destroyers and some TIE Fighters emerging from behind the clouds as as they engage Jade Squadron and the Ace Racers. There's a pretty good dogfight between the First Order and the Resistance. I always enjoyed the look of Star Wars Resistance. It's a different, different feel from cl- the Clone Wars and from Rebels, but I always enjoyed the way it looked and seeing this dogfight was pretty awesome. Uh, Tam doesn't want to shoot at the transports that their new recruits are in she sees them as unarmed but she's kind of told it doesn't matter they're with the resistance we need to shoot them down there's no... basically everyone's an enemy if they're working with the resistance uh, during these uh, sky fights or between the fighters, Tam's TIE fighter is damaged during the battle and Rocklin destroys one of the transports there's only two remaining and then the rest of Jade Squadron, the aces, and the transport jump to hyperspace and escape back to the Colossus. Lieutenant Gallic who is Tam's squad leader at that point, she gets killed during the battle, and Tam is promote, promoted to squadron leader since she was the one in charge when the <clears throat> when the transport was shut down. She she gets promoted even though she doesn't want to kind of be part of this. So she's still conflicted. They're still showing that kind of conflict between her. Did she make the right decision going to the First Order? Should she have stayed at, on the Colossus with Cass, Jigger and the crew? So they're showing that conflict. Cass, obviously, I, and Tor and Hyper are very disappointed that they lost one of the transport, uh, that the First Order shut down with just filled with innocent people. But Captain Doza, Vanessa, and Jigger remind them that there are always casualties in war and not to lose hope. That very important Star Wars message of hope is always there. Even in cartoons that we deem are just for younger audiences, they really don't affect anything going forward from older people that are used to the movies, that... Famous hope is always there, so it's good to see it coming from Dosa, Yeager, and Venisa to everyone. So all in all, a very good episode shows the stakes that both factions are going through, the Resistance trying to get new people to join the First Order, just cracking down on anyone who has any connections to the Resistance, and that kind of filters through to the final episode. Uh, like I mentioned, it was a two-parter titled Escape, which just Premiered earlier on Sunday. Here we see the first order going back to the planet Eos, which is a planet we saw about I think two episodes ago. Is the resistance not the resistance? Um, Cass and the Colossus go over there and they run into the locals of the planet and there had been some First Order resistance there before. I believe the resistance used the planet Eos as a base at one point and then the First Order found it. So since at the end of that episode, the locals helped the Colossus escape, the First Order came back and there's about 10 Star Destroyers that just come out of hyperspace over the planet. They start attacking the planet from on top, just destroying the whole village. Uh, so obviously Tam who was still affected and conflicted saw this and she didn't want to be a part of it uh, She's very upset upset that they're attacking innocent people and she kind of gets told pretty quickly I believe it was agent tyranny that tells her they help the resistance of so their enemies basically So there's no innocent people here At that point. I think Tam kind of says screw this. I'm done with the first order. I have to go back m- make amends for what I did So she grabs a mouse droid and reprograms him. I believe the mouse droid was 5L. And very interesting, and finally we get our first look at Supreme Leader Kylo Ren. He shows up in a hologram, very disappointed with Agent Tierney and Commander Pyre that they can't find a way to destroy the Colossus and the group of insurgents. So he basically tells them that one more failure and they're done for. He uses the Force through the hologram to have both both Tyranny and Pyre grab onto their blasters and point them at each other and kind of says, this is what's gonna happen if you guys fail me again. So yeah, Kylo came in, Supreme Leader Kylo as he's called, and he's not wasting time in telling them to do something or he's gonna do something for them. Uh, so, Tam used a reprogrammed 5L mouse droid to get into Agent Tierney's office and grab her old combling from the Colossus days. And she uses it to send a encrypted mechanic code message to Niku. Uh, it's a a while later, Niku, when he receives the message, kind of tells Cass it's just an old mechanics code that him and Tam used to use to talk bad about Cas within him knowing, without him knowing it. So it, it was a good use to bring that back. Um, so on that message, Tam tells them to go back to Castillon, which is the home planet of the Colossus that she's gonna meet with them over there. Cass obviously wants to go. Uh, there's concerns they might be a trap. So Yeager goes with him. Um, before she gets there, She's supposed to do a training session, so she lives with two other TIE fighters. And with Rocklin, um, Agent Tyranny and the First Order figure out where Tan was going instead of the training session, knowing that she's going to Cassilon. So they set shop, grab their Star Destroyer, and head over there also. So like I mentioned, she shows up on Cassilon after Cass and Yeger are already there with two other TIE fighters. And a quick battle ensues, and she has to shoot down both of them. Tie fighters to make sure that they don't kill, they didn't kill Cass, and then of course the Star Destroyer shows up before they can leave, and a big battle is about to begin. So the last battle of Star Wars Resistance is setting up between the Resistance, which the Colossus is now part of, Jade Squadron, the Ace, Ace Racers, and the Star Destroyer and their Tie fighters. It's a quick mention of the battle of Jakku. That Yeager was part of. We also see some executioner troopers that we saw on the last Jedi that were gonna execute um Finn and Rose. <clears throat> Finn and Rose. So they show up again. Uh, the transport that Yeager, Cass, and Tam are gonna escape on. It's brought in brought into a Star Destroyer with a tractor beam, but they set it to self-destruct. Uh, so Cass and Yeager are able to kind of get out of the way. Tam gets caught by the first order, so they have to go rescue her. Rockling tells Tierney Empire where the Colossus is hiding in the Barabesh system. So when Cass Yeager and Tam learn that the first order knows where the Colossus is, they Set to go to engineering in order to send them a message through hyperspace to the Colossus to warn them about the incoming first order attack. Um, Niku receives the message. Uh, sorry, before that. Um, what's his name? Captain doza kind of says, hey, we need to go help him. There's been no word from them, so we gotta go to Castillon and see if they've been captured, if we can help them he doesn't want to make that decision himself, he wants to bring everyone that's on the Colossus into the fall, let them know what's going on to see if they want to go and help, give them that option. Uh, so while he's there, everyone's gathered on, on Seas when Cass and, and Tams transmission comes in, telling them to leave the Barabash system before the First Order arrives. But instead they decide to get the Colossus ready for battle, once they see that they're being shot at, they say, no, no, we can't keep running, we got to stop running and make a stand here and now. Uh, Pyre, cap- Pyre captures Cass, Tam and Yeager, but not CB-23, so you know that droid is going to be up to something. Uh, the Star Destroyer arrives and sends out a large squadron, squadron of TIE fighters, and we have Jade Squadron come out with the remaining ace fighters and they start engaging them in a cool space battle. Uh, in a classic Star Wars trope, we see CB twenty three CB twenty three lower the Star Destroyer shields, so for the Colossus and the Starfighters to be able to inflict some damage and blow out blow out their thrusters. So we've seen this probably in every Star Wars movie. We saw it in a New Hope. We saw it in Return of the Jedi. We've seen it in Force Awakens. Uh, the the heroes are trying to either destroy. Uh, the Death Star or uh, a Star Destroyer, but the shields are up and someone needs to lower the shields. This time it was CB-23 who lowers the shields and allows the Resistance to destroy the Star Destroyer. Uh, so before then, all three of them, Yeager, Cass, and Tam have a firefight with a group of stormtroopers led by Pyre. Uh, the First Order has a boarding party, Enter the Colossus, and there's a, a battle over there also then Pyre with his executioner blade that he grabbed from one of the executioner troopers is ready to hit Cass who is pinned down by some fallen debri- debris but CB-23 comes and stops him he's a burning loading dog, very reminiscent of Finn vs Captain Phasma La- Last Jedi with that fire going around one of them having the executioner trooper blade so very a good callback to Last Jedi so after the shields are brought down the Resistance blows up the Star Destroyer and then Tam and that's basically it for that episode the First Order is done Uh, there's a quick shot of sorry, there's a quick shot again of Supreme Leader Kylo Ren coming in and seeing what's happened Um, Tierney calls I can't remember if Kylo, he shows up again, I don't know if he contacted the Star Destroyer or if Tierney tried contacting him, but basically Agent Tierney asks for some reinforcements, because they're being overrun by the first sword, by the resistance, and Kylo, like he had said before, he had had enough of her and her failure, so she force chokes Tierney through the hologram, so yeah, That's the end of Agent Tierney first choked on a children's show by Supreme Leader Kylo Ren. So again, the resistance blows up the Star Destroyer. The threat is done. And then we have a sweet reunion between Tam and everyone on the Colossus, especially with Niku. They have a warm embrace. And she's kind of, why can you you forgive me after I've done all this to you? And Niku has a great line that I think it's something that is goes across every Star Wars theme that we have in Star Wars movie or everything. It's, we all make mistakes, some more cataclysmic than others. And I think that sums up Star Wars to a T. Our heroes are always making mistakes, some small, some large, but it's what they do to come back from them and save the day at the end. So even though Tam made a huge mistake by going to the First Order, as Niku called it, a cataclysmic mistake, she did the right thing, kind of Turn back to the light and help them save the day, so that Colossus can then, as rumor have it, show up in the final battle uh, in the Rise of Skywalker with all, when all the starships come, when Lando brings all the stars, this is, yeah, the starships to go fight the first the final order. So that was it for Star Wars Resistance. We got two seasons of the show. Like I mentioned, it was always marketed as a younger audience. Animated show, it wasn't Rebels, it wasn't the Clone Wars and that was fine. There's Star Wars for everyone. I enjoyed the series as a whole. There were some episodes that was, eh, okay, I can see where they're going with it. Especially the first season was a lot of Cass and Niku kind of bumbling around the missions, but there was always good themes throughout. And I think the final half of the second season really nailed it, really hit the spot of the. Uh, what's the word? Kind of. Everything that they've been fighting for. It's everything that's been happening on the other mediums, so on the movies, how it affects the TV shows. And I think they made a good job in showing that throughout the last few episodes. So. Yeah, that's it for Star Wars Resistance and as Star Wars Resistance was ramming down or starting to slow down we get what we got earlier in the week it was Clone Wars Season 7 trailer so we know now this it's gonna premiere on February 21st which is a Friday it's gonna be 12 episodes premiering weekly so similar as The Mandalorian we're gonna have weekly episodes and if we have 12 episodes, one per week, this is going to be a three months show that I believe will be wrapping up around May 8th. Oh my back. Uh, so yeah, around May 8th, we're going to have the final episode of The Clone Wars. Uh, so the trailer came out. Clone Wars always have has great trailers. I don't think I remember seeing uh, The Clone Wars trailer that was disappointing. And this one just sets up the stage beautifully for what to expect. There's so many questions that came out of it, but very excited for it. So let's go let's go on and do a quick breakdown on the trailer and then what this might mean for the series moving forward. So we know they're going to be show, showing the Siege of Mandalore, which I believe was explored in the Ashoka, Ahsoka novel by E.K. Johnston, who also wrote the Patna Amidala novel Queen's Shadow which is basically a prequel to the Phantom Menace and there's some great insights on the Handmaiden, how they work, how they operate in that novel. So go ahead and give it a look. If you're a fan of Amidala, that's a great novel. Uh, E.K. Johnson is also writing the prequel to Queen Shadow, which is called Queen Sparrow, and that's coming out in a few months. So I think it's a great time with all the Clone Wars going on to, to then have this novel comes come out. So, we have a few shots of Ahsoka and Rex where, that I believe going to Mandalore to confront Maul uh, with what, what I'm calling the Ahsoka, Ahsoka troopers, so we'll talk a little bit about them in a minute. There's great music in this trailer, Clone Wars always, ha- always has great music. I believe the composer Kevin Kiner is probably back for this season also, so we can expect a lot of great score with this final season. Uh, the trailer starts with a voiceover by Darth Maul to start the trailer, there is a quick shot of Bo-Katan uh, and Ahsoka, and I believe this meeting is mentioned in Rebels. Um, Ahsoka mentions, and this is a great callback to the prequels, Ahsoka does, has a mention that the Jedi were trained to be keepers of the peace, not soldiers. Almost worth. Word for word what Mace Window tells Palpatine in Attack of the Clones, that they're not here to fight a war, they're supposed to be peacekeepers. Um, I love Captain Rex quotes, we clones have mixed feelings about the war, without it we wouldn't exist. Rex is my favorite clone trooper. It's been my favorite since I read the Clone Wars movie novelization back—I don't know how many years ago, 15, 17 years ago—before the Clone Wars movie came out. Not the series, the actual animated movie, movie, which is not that good, but I really enjoyed the movie, and that's when I fell in love with Captain Rex. And hearing him say that kind of, "Oh, what is Order 66 gonna do to him? What does this do to a person? How does he and his clone trooper?" Troopers react to Order 66. Does he receive the order and has to fight it, fight himself, not to carry it out, or does he remove his inhibitor chip prior to the order? And I think we're gonna see that in this se- this series. Uh, like I mentioned, there's Rex and the Ahsoka troopers, which I call them that because they are bearing her skin tone and the markings on their helmet, Ahsoka's markings. And I believe that's prob- probably before they're heading out to Mandalore to face Maul. And yeah, if that doesn't bring emotions to you, then you probably don't have emotions and you belong on the dark side. But yeah, Rex and Ahsoka have always been close when they had that back and forth between experience and knowledge and kind of what's more, what do you need more to be a leader? So yeah, that's probably something that Ahsoka is not expecting, to see him and those troopers with her markings on their helmets, so that's gonna be fun to see her expression to it. Uh, we also have a shot of Padme pregnant, which then kind of brings is this running concurrent to Revenge of the Sith, because that's when Anakin f- f- realizes, or Padme basically tells him, tells him that she's pregnant. Uh, we see that there's going to be a battle between Maul and Ahsoka uh, which I believe this is also mentioned in the Ahsoka novel so not a big surprise I want to see what happens with Maul maybe there's a mention of Crimson Dawn maybe Maul returning to Dathomir that's where he is when at the end of Solo he tells Kira to meet him at so I want to see what happens with Maul how he gets to Dathomir what he does between this battle with Ahsoka to the beginning of Solo I'm sorry, the ending of Solo. So yeah, again, the trailer is big emphasis on Darth Maul, Ahsoka, the clones, all the Mandalorians and everything happening on Mandalore. There's even a quick shot of a young Kanan as a hologram when all the the Jedi masters are gathered around the hologram. At this point, he's still Caleb Doom, he's not Kanan. And then we had that great exchange between Mace Window and Yoda saying I sense a plot to destroy the Jedi which is straight from episode 3 Revenge of the Sith another kind of hint that this season is going to run side by side with episode 3 and that's going to be awesome to see so again we might see Order 66 in the Clone Wars so I believe it overlaps with Return of the Revenge of the Sith Apart from Panda being pregnant, the outfit that she has is the same outfit that she is wearing when she goes to Mustafar to confront Anakin. So this is going to be very interesting how they make this work. So yeah, that's that trailer. What do you guys think about it? If you saw it, how many times have you seen it? What do you want to see out of this season? Is 12 episodes enough? I think so. I think this is going to be a fast-paced season. There's not a lot of break in between to have what people would call filler episodes. So I think it's going to be go, go, go. I believe there's three different arcs that are going to show up in this series. So yeah, it's going to be a great way to end up the Clone Wars as it was intended before it got canceled years ago. Whew. So yeah, there's a lot of animated news going on around. And then to kind of finish tonight's, today's episode, this is a story that came out a while back, I uh, didn't report on it at the moment but with all the animated stuff going on, uh, this report comes from so com, kind of talking about what the next animated series might be, so there is this is back Early in January, that according to Kessel Run transmissions, the next animated show would be a sequel to Rebels. So, no surprise there that the next show is going to be a continuation of Star Wars Rebels, continuing the story left off by the finale, in which Sabine and Ahsoka go in search of Jedi Ezra Bridger. Right, so last we saw Ezra, he was he was being pulled into hyperspace along with Grand Admiral Thrawn by Purgles, or space whales, if you will, most likely taking them to the unknown regions or to wild space. Uh, if true, this new series is set to debut later in 2020, and the way animated series goes on animation, they might already be working on season two. They do this way in advance before we hear anything new. That's coming out. Uh, It makes sense that the next animated show would come out soon with Resistance now over the Clone Wars kind of wrapping up early in May so if we get this one closer to fall maybe at the same time as Mandalorian season 2 then it makes sense. Um, So that's the news on this, what do you guys expect to see in this show if it's really a Rebel sequel? For me I would really like to see that she's home world uh where throne is from see that she's see the ascendancy their army that being been explored a little bit in the throne novels the new novels uh more of the unknown regions maybe there's the beginnings of the first order how did Palpatine survive his machinations getting a uh, Supreme Leader Snoke involved in all this so anything that has to do with the unknown regions I'm all for it. Um, I don't know if this is the series that I wanted to see next We've already seen rebels. these are characters that we're familiar with, so maybe something new might be a little bit better, but this is a safe choice is the smart choice also to go with a rebel sequel and maybe we'll see kind of how what happens to ahsoka as we know spoilers for star for Rise of Skywalker, we hear her voice talking to Rey, which then everyone kind of assumes and believes that she's dead at this point, so maybe there's some explanation about that one, so... That's it for the new animated series, are you guys excited to see another Rebels sequel, a Rebels series? Would you have preferred to see something else? If so, what would you like to see this series kind of focus on? I don't see this one being too long, maybe two to four seasons at most. I don't think there's a lot to kind of go over, but we'll see. All right, guys, I think with that, we're going to be wrapping up this episode. Thanks again for tuning in to this episode, the one last week and all the other ones going forward. Um, Send me your thoughts, questions and everything to Twitter at Radio Rebel Pod, hashtag AskTheRebellions. Let me know what you think about all those Obi-Wan rumors, what you thought about the Clone Wars trailer, what you want to see out of this season, and that new animated series rumors. Do you want it to be a Rebel sequel? Do you want to see something else or something new? Uh, Send me a quick question through Twitter, and I'll do my best to answer them. So again, thank you guys, and you can follow me on my personal account uh, on Twitter at tweetsbyac. Or on Instagram, Alberto Calderon07. Thanks again. See you next week, and may the force be with you. Radio Rebellion.